welcome to episode four of the Sporting Chance podcast. As always, I am your host, Matthew Maratea, and uh, it's been a busy week uh, or two. Sorry I haven't been able to get this one out to you guys sooner, but I think you'll forgive me because we've we've got a lot to talk about here. First off, I want I don't want to waste time. I don't want to beat around the bush. I want to get right into this uh, McGregor Mayweather business. As y'all probably have figured out by now, I am totally team McGregor in this. I love Connor. I love everything he's done for the UFC. I love his attitude. I think he's got amazing tattoos. And f- the first two press stops, very fun. The banter, the back and forth, it, it was as advertised. And these last two things have kind of gone off the rails. I think they did too much all at once. And mm, probably not the uh, the best planning out of Showtime and the UFC themselves, but... I really don't think it's going to affect the hype for the fight at all. Um, I don't like this uh, business of there being racial tension. I mean, you know, Connor calls Floyd boy, but that was after he insinuated that he was a boy because he dressed like a 10-year-old and carried a backpack. Eh. And then there's Floyd disrespecting the Irish flag. It, it's a whole mess. Uh Obviously, they're disrespecting each other back and forth. Obscenities are flying. You know, people are being called God knows what, and who knows what they're actually saying when they're you know face to face against each other. All I know is that Floyd seems to be shouting, and McGregor's mouth moves may move faster than his hands, which is a scary thought. But really, the question comes down to it: is is this something that you are willing to pay a hundred dollars for? Personally, hell yes, I'm willing to pay $100 for it. I cannot get enough of fighting in general, and I just think that these two could have an epic and surprising clash, and uh, I don't want to be on the wrong side of it. You know, I don't want to be on the wrong side of it in case history happens. Anyway... That is not the only thing going on in the world of uh, MMA this weekend. Pretty much overshadowed by uh, what's going on in uh, McGregorland is UFC Glasgow. Now, there are a couple of pretty exciting fights going into this card that, you know, Glasgow has been waiting for. So I'm going to discuss a couple of them with you. And... uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how it turns out pick-wise. But if you want to read the full list of picks, please go to cornerpubsports.com and click on the UFC page. You'll find it. It's right at the top. Anyway, uh, I want to talk first about Stevie Ray versus Paul Felder. Now, this one is very interesting. Stevie Ray is coming off of a really good win against uh, Joe Lozon. And Paul Felder is also a dude who's coming off of a pretty good win himself. And it's looking to be like a very exciting fight. The I only really have one issue when it comes to actually picking it. And that's Paul Felder's from Philly. He fights out of Philly. And he's been training over 
at the uh, UFC gym in Cherry Hill where I happen to, uh, you know, occasionally get down there, throw hands, you know, do some rolling. So, eh, I'm biased. And with that, I pick Felder. He is coming off of a big knockout of Alessandro Ricci. And I really think that uh, he's up and coming in the lightweight division. And I think we're really going to see a good fight. Next up, we got Joanne Calderwood versus Cynthia Cavillo. Now, everybody has seen what Cavillo's done in her last two fights, which were also her first two fights. They were very impressive. She got a win over Amanda Cooper, stepping in late to take the fight, who everyone was surprised by. And then they threw her Pearl Gonzalez, a former pro women's boxer, who everyone thought would test her stand-up. Well, she won the stand-up, and she got takedowns at will, and eventually submitted both of them. So, now they're giving her a step-up in competition with Calderwood. Calderwood is a veteran, okay, and she's got very slick hands, and she's got big power, especially for a straw weight. If she can land consistently, that's going to give Cavillo trouble. And if she keeps the fight on the feet the entire time... Ooh, it could be a long night, but I really like Cavillo's game, and I think that she's next big thing at 115. I don't think that she'll ever, you know, I, I can't see her beating Joanna Junjacic at this stage, but I think she may be a big test. She may a big, big be a big test for uh, Joanna Champion, aka Joanna Savage. Either way, I'm picking Cavillo in this fight to win. Uh, I'm thinking submission, second round. So we'll see how that turns out. Hopefully I'm right, you know, because you never want to be wrong. And then finally, we have Gunnar Nelson, number eighth, number eighth ranked welterweight in the world versus Santiago Ponzibio, the number 14th ranked welterweight in the world, the Argentinian-born guy with a really ridiculous name. I'm not rooting against him for that reason, but I do think that Gunnar Nelson is probably going to win this fight, and he's going to win it handily. Yeah, uh, Ponzinibbio, is a, he's a good striker. Definitely technical. He's definitely got power. But we've seen Gunnar Nelson do very well against stripers, strikers. I mean, he just... He pretty much thrashed Alan Joban, which was a big surprise to me and a lot of others. So... I think Gunner can hang with him in the stand-up, and then once the fight goes to the ground, Nelson's jiu-jitsu is second only to Damian Maya, and even when they fought, Damian Maya couldn't submit him, which is a huge accomplishment considering they spent the entire fight on the ground. So I think Nelson takes that pretty handily, but I think he waits to bide his time because it is going to be a five-round fight, so I think Nelson by submission in the third round. But... We'll see what happens. So, anyway. Moving on from UFC. We're going to jump into the NHL. You know, got to talk just a little bit of puck, even though it is the middle of summer and it's their dead zone. But, you know, I think there's one question that's, getting to a lot of people right now, and that's, how has Yaramir Yager not been signed yet? 
I mean, he's still a very effective player at 46 years old. Yes, I know how ridiculous that sounds, but he could easily be a force on anyone's power play. And the guy is a legend. I mean, he's... At this point, someone just needs to sign him out of a respect factor because he really is a guy that deserves to go out playing. He's not someone that should, you know, be an unsigned free agent and then just fall into obscurity. He's one of the legends of the game. He may be a top five player of all time. And he's made the game fun again for a lot of fans who are tired of the constant, you know, narrative featuring Crosby and McDavid and, you know, all those uh, kinds of superstars. Yager is a completely different guy that I think a lot of people can relate to. But, you know, we'll see. And, you know, if you're having trouble dealing with the Summer Blues, do check out the NHL Network. They're showing cup-winning games of the past, and it's really awesome programming. I'm enjoying it. Watch the Flyers uh, beat the Sabres back in 75 the other day. It was pretty fun. All right, moving on to the NBA. We, uh, it's another dead time, and you know what? The Summer League isn't helping anybody. I've got a bit of a newsflash for everybody. The Summer League is stupid. Okay, really, people are making a big deal out of the performances of guys like Jason Tatum and, you know, Alonzo Ball getting two triple doubles in not his dad's shoes, which is hilarious. But anyway, I digress. It's the Summer League. It's even worse than preseason football because there are literally no starters, okay? Not very many rookies from the Summer League itself are going to start in that league or in the big leagues as it is. So I don't understand why people are getting so hyped up about it, why people are paying so much attention to it. It's just... This is my problem with a lot of things today, it is the oversaturation of sport. Not that I don't love sports and I don't love the ability to talk and listen to and watch sports 24-7. I just think we put too much emphasis on things that don't mean enough. There has to be some downtime. You know, let the summer league be fun, okay? Don't take it so seriously. Yes, I'm talking to you, ESPN. I'm talking to you, Stephen A. Smith. Jesus Christ. Anyway, moving on to another lighter aspect of the NBA. Joel Embiid. Yes, it's our pretty much a new segment, the Embiid update. He says he wants to win a championship next season. Well, that is a very tall order, and I do not think the Sixers will do that. No, no, I don't. What I do think, however, is they have an outside shot at getting something like the fourth or fifth seed if everyone stays healthy. Basically, that means Embiid has to play 70 games, and he has to be as good as he was in the 31 games that he played last season. Ben Simmons has to remain healthy. Fultz has to get healthy. Sarch needs to continue to improve. Robert Covington needs to continue to improve, and they need to work out how the rotation is going to be off the bench. And Brett Brown needs to solve some of his uh, late-game coaching issues. If that happens, they could easily be a 45-win team. 
know, they won 28 last year, and that was with Embiid playing no back-to-backs and only playing 31 games with no Ben Simmons and pretty much just Dario and TJ TJ McConnell and Robert Covington. Also, I hope Jaleel Okafor gets traded so badly. That guy is hes quickly going to become a cancer if we can't do something about him. So hopefully they can come to some type of solution and rotation that keeps everyone happy, keeps the young guys protected as well as productive. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But this is a year that we really need to start seeing dividends from the Sixers. I think as a fan base, they're clamoring for some type of Something to get behind, other than words and Embiid dancing. Also, the man was at the All-Star Home Run Derby, and then hours later, in Las Vegas, playing blackjack. Joel Embiid is currently like a really easy game of uh, Where's Waldo? Or Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Because he is a, what, like a 7'2 African man? So he's impossible not to see in literally almost any crowd. And he's got that wild afro and his personality is larger than himself, which is insane. But if anything, he could be, I don't know, the African Shaq almost. If he starts giving himself nicknames or changing his nickname from the process, who knows? But anyway, Joel Embiid, lots of fun. Good for the league, good for the city. Now... We move on to the NFL, and we move on to Philadelphia's other very famous second-year player, and that is Carson Wentz, who says that he expects this team to be playing late in January, a.k.a. playoffs. Playoffs? Talk, talk about playoffs. Yes, playoffs, Jim Mora, playoffs. And he says that the Eagles could easily win the NFC East. And you know what? He's right. The Redskins are trash. They're always going to be trash. It's a trash organization. Daniel Snyder, probably one of the worst owners in sports. But I respect him for fighting to not change the name, just out of principle. Anyway, the New York Giants, I don't understand why people keep thinking that they are going to get better. Eli is only getting worse. Odell Beckham Jr. is only going to get be more of a problem as time goes on. They really don't have much of a running game or a defense for that matter. So any success they may have will be minimal. And the Dallas Cowboys are a mess. There's a possibility that Zeke could be suspended and there's a possibility that Dak could be suspended. Also, they were overrated last year and people pretty much weren't ready for them. They weren't ready for Prescott to be, you know, a serviceable quarterback. And they weren't ready for Zeke Elliott to, you know, keep up his college performance. NFL defenses have an entire year of tape on both of them now. So their numbers are not going to improve. Zeke is a pretty standard between-the-tackles runner. You can stop that, and he will eventually get stopped. That's really nothing to worry about. And Dak is hes Russell Westbrook, but you know, not the Russell Westbrook. They're the same type of mold, only I don't think Dak is as reliable. And Dak doesn't seem to have the same type of arm. And he's not the field general that Wilson is. Also, they have major problems of personality in that team. You know, from Des Bryant to, you know, every other person on the team. You know, they always seem to get in trouble in the offseason. 
And don't overlook the fact they have lost seven starters from last year's defense. They are going to take a while to gel, and that is going to hurt the team. And I really think that those things leave the door open for the Eagles to make a run at the division title. That's not even including the fact that we signed Alshon Jeffrey, the best free agent wide receiver out there. We've also brought in Torrey Smith. We've moved Jordan Matthews to the number three position, and he'll get to play in the slot. Nelson Aguilar will probably never see the field again. And, you know, we're working things out. We're in year two of the defense under Jim Schwartz, which should improve. We've hopefully solved our offensive line issues. We brought in a banging back in LeGarrette Blunt. Thank you, New England, who is really going to help us with short yardage situations. And Carson Wentz is going to his second year. He's going in as a starter this year, which makes a huge difference. He's been holding bonding trips with his wide receivers, with his offensive line. The man is a natural-born leader, and he's taking his leadership very seriously. And that's not something that you've seen out of other quarterbacks, especially ones that his age. He has this level of maturity about him that I really think is going to benefit the Eagles in the long run, but in the short term as well, and we're going to see it next season. I predict a playoff run, uh, maybe even an NFC title game appearance I don't think they'll win I don't think they're Super Bowl bound as of yet but you know if they get to the dance they could make some noise that's all you really have to do so we have done a very brisk pace in this one I was really excited just to get down on the mic talk a little bit and you know I wanted to uh, bring you some goings on So this is going to be a quick one. Don't despair. We'll come back soon with a little bit longer and a little bit deeper conversation. Uh, I'm skipping baseball because it's boring and the all-star break, yada, yada, yada. Also, uh, on the horizon, probably tomorrow, look out for my story about why Tim Tebow still inspires me. The dude just hit a a dinger in high A ball, walk-off home run. He's hitting 314 right now. He's on an 11 game hit streak. You know, say what you will, but the kid is doing it. He's trying his best. And it looks like he's having fun while he's at it. And that's something you can never take away from him. He works hard. He has fun. And overall, he just seems like a very genuinely nice person. He's done missionary work. There's no reason to hate him, there's no reason to root for his demise. It's. Just, I wish there were more people like him. He really is uh, one of the good stories in sports that everyone should follow with curiosity and without uh, some of the vigor and vitriol that we've seen people attack him with. So that was my little baseball note. Uh, It's also raining today, so baseball is pretty much the furthest thing from my mind. So... I am going to give you just a quick beer pick. Uh, I've actually been off the sauce for a little bit lately. I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight, trying to get myself in better shape, and haven't had much the opportunity to indulge. But if I did, I would definitely be downing a Victory Prima Pills at this point. You know why? Why? Because it's freaking delicious. That's why. Okay. Uh, 
the word prima comes from a German exclamation of joy. <laughs> Very funny victory. And we've got a 5.3% alcohol by volume. And the taste, it really is nice. There's the subtle malt complexity in the aroma. It's pretty hop forward and it's definitely bitter. I like that personally. If you're not a fan of bitter or hops, then this is probably not the beer for you. But I know I am. And I think it goes great, especially in the summer. And if you know, you go to the Victory website, they say the suggested pairings are seafood, burgers, and pizza. Well, pizza, pretty much everyone eats at least once a week. Seafood, definitely a summer item. I know shrimp, crabs, lobster, come on. It's a natural fit. And burgers. What do you have? Barbecues? Burgers or hot dogs. It just depends on who you are. So, naturally, if you're going to a barbecue this weekend, or just having people over, maybe having a crawfish boil, maybe uh, cooking some shrimps on the bobby, you know what? Why don't you pick up a six-pack Victory Prima Pills? Thank me for it later. Anyway, I don't have much else to say, and I think we've gone long enough that uh, people, I'll cut their attention. And I'm about to lose it in like two or three more minutes. So let me just say thank you all for tuning in. This has been episode four of the Sporting Chance podcast with your host, Matt Maratea. If you want to find my other content or look at some of the stuff I'm doing, go to my Instagram at mmaratea77. That's M-M-A-R-A-T-E-A-7-7. Or hit up my Twitter, okay, mmaratea 22. That's M M A R A T E A 2 2. You'll find links to everywhere I write. Uh, you will find the cornerpubsports.com link in my bio. Always click that, click on the stories. And if you're listening, if you go listen to this on SoundCloud or on my blog, Sporting Chance, leave some type of comment. Uh, give me a like, subscribe, anything like that. If you're listening, let me know, okay? Um, I need some feedback from y'all as to how I can improve and what I can do to help keep you entertained. As much as this is for me, this is for you guys. This is for the listeners. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. This has been Sporting Chance Podcast. I'm out.